Welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond Pricing. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond Pricing is the world's leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you'll hear more about Beyond Pricing and how it can work for your business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello. You know that we often talk about property management systems in this podcast. And we've talked to property managers and we have talked to Terry White and Matt Landau about the Keystone Awards. Well, today I am talking to a software developer to ask them about how they go around making property management software to meet the needs of every one of their clients. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and delighted as ever to be back with you once again. And as I see the snow beginning to disappear into the horizon, well, actually not, it won't be gone till May, but we've had a few just amazing days of warmth and sunshine, and I'm full of the joys of spring, even though our borders are still closed and even though they're still threatening that the borders are going to be remain closed for quite some time. I'm seriously concerned about the fall and getting to some of the conferences. Amy Highnote put out a note about conferences. You know, who's going to a conference this year? Who's planning on going to one in the fall? And I gaily put down, yes, I'm going to VRMA in San Antonio. And yes, I'm going to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in New Orleans in December. I just got my fingers so tightly crossed, you know, along with my friends, Nancy McAleer, Michelle Totino, both of whom are saying exactly the same. We'd love to come to conferences if they ever let us out of Canada. Well, actually, they will let us out. It's just that coming back in is such a pain. At the moment, I'm hoping that in a few weeks time, I'm going to be able to get on here and say, hey, I've been vaccinated. Not that that's going to make the slightest bit of difference, but you know, to, to whether we leave Canada or come back to Canada and not have to go into quarantine. But we shall see. Things are changing. Things are happening. I'm, such, I'm, I'm a pretty mellow person. I'm not going to get this, let this get me down. However, I can still sit here week after week and talk to some amazing people in this industry. And I have one of those amazing people as my guest today. Naeem Anis Payman is the founder of Zivu. And I've mentioned Zivu recently. I talked to Terry White and Matt Landau a couple of weeks ago as we were talking about the Keystone Awards. And Zivu was one of the property management software companies mentioned as receiving an award in the sort of small property manager capacity. And I was really pleased to see this because on our Facebook group, which is the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management, please go over there and join in the conversation. And then I can talk to you 
a bit more directly. However, that was a little segue back to what I was saying. So I've seen Naeem posting in the Facebook group, talking about Zivu. It sounds like it is an amazing product. And I think you should get out and try this if you're considering a new property management system or if you haven't got one at all and you'd like to kick it off and and try it out. I think we're going to see a lot of new property management software coming on board and they are going to be more innovative, more creative. So I wanted to find out from Naeem, first of all, how he got into this business, how he got into this business of developing property management software, and also to find out some of the things that probably every PMS copes with. You know, how do you deal with priorities when you've got all sorts of clients asking all sorts of questions and wanting all sorts of things because everybody has a different wish list. You know, how do you meet the needs of everybody's wish list? How do you prioritize them? Is there a model that every system should emulate? You know, is, is he emulating a system? Is there something tried and trusted, you know, the foundation of a property management software? So I'm going to be asking him those questions. I loved Naeem's bio on Zivu.com. And it says that he has made it his life's mission to advance civilization and kickstart things if they seem a little slow. So I'm going to be asking him about that as well. Is he he advancing civilization in any other way? So without further ado, let's move straight on over to my interview with Naeem Anis Payman from Zivu. So I'm delighted to have with me today, Naeem Anis Payman from Zivu.com. And of course, you've heard about Zivu because you see it on our on Vacation Rental Formula, on our business development page, on the Virtual Vendor Showcase. So you can also go there and find out more about Zivu. And I'll mention that again at the end. But to start with, I want to welcome Naeem to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Now, last time we spoke, and and in fact, a little bit before that, we were congratulating you on winning the Keystone Award for property management software. How's that working for you, getting that award? I think it's uh, brought quite a lot of interest from the US. Um, We've seen a huge spike in uh, people asking, inquiring more and wanting to find out more about CVs. Okay, that's perfect. Essentially, that's what an award like that should do. Yeah. So let's just share a bit of your background with the audience. How did you get into this business in the first place? Um, I think I might have mentioned the longest story last time, so I'll keep it deep this time. But um, basically, I was at university. I wanted to eat good food, and I couldn't really cook in the hall. The food was awful. So I managed to find some investors to buy a property, and the hope was that I would live in it and be able to cook my own food. Um, But then, for various reasons, it didn't work out. I wasn't able to move in, and so I had to rent it out. And that's how it all started. So that was the first um, Airbnb, if you want, the first service. <laughs> yeah, just, just I'm, I'm going to touch on something Brian Chesky said a bit later in this conversation. But uh, so, so you're sort of on on the lines of Chesky then? Well, probably not as exciting, but <laughs> food related and bed related. <laughs> so, so you went from renting out that to what? Setting up a management company, um, so managing the rentals on behalf of um, various owners um, who wanted to 
rent their properties out and make a higher return. And then from that, I went into uh, offering a guaranteed rent to an owner. Little did I know that I was entering the world of rental arbitrage at the time where there was such a thing and it had a name. Um, <laughs> and then from that, uh, I went into basically uh, leasing entire blocks of flats, furnishing them and renting them out. Um, and more recently, um, we've also started an investment fund and we've started purchasing hotels um, with the hope of turning some of them into apart hotels. Okay, that's that's really exciting. So we better sort of establish where you're doing this. From my bedroom, as you can probably see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, where's your, whereabouts are the properties and the hotels? <laughs> um, across the UK, um, so England, Wales and Scotland. Uh, we also manage a couple of units in Austria. We have in the past managed a few in France and Belgium. Um, and we also part manage a camp of, um, yurts in Mongolia. That is fascinating. So have you been to Mongolia to stay in a yurt? Nope, I have not. <laughs> it was just before the pandemic that actually that we signed the contract. So. Okay. So are people, the, 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 yeah, this, this is a complete segue from what we're about to talk about, <laughs> but this is, this has captured my imagination. Yurts in Mongolia. Who's going to go to yurts in Mongolia? Well, given the pandemic, not many people have. <laughs> But uh, hopefully once international travel resumes, um, a lot of people will. Um, you get uh, sort of wild horseback riding. And the, the address uh, is inexistent. Um, it's <laughs> difficult to list it on OTAs, but there's no actual address for the place. It's in the middle of nowhere, basically. That, sound, you know, that, that, that would suit me down to the ground, going somewhere <laughs> in the complete middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, we might talk about this later. I think my, my, my husband might uh, might balk a little bit about uh, if I say, hey, we should be going to a yurt in Mongolia. Don't mention my name. <laughs> uh, so, so at some point in this, in all of this, you decided, hey, I'm going to start building property management software. Why? Um, yeah. So basically, I started the business while I was at university and um, just before I entered my last year. And then we had, I think, five units under management. I hired someone to run them. I went with my last year of university. And then when I graduated, I grew the business. Within six months, we went from sort of six units to 50, 60 units. And too much started falling through the cracks, people not doing what they were meant to do. We were trying to manage remotely. So we started having a couple of blocks of flats, but we still had centralized operations in some aspects. And then we expanded to two cities and began even more work. And um, I decided to halt growth for some time um, to try and systematize things. And that's when I started. We'd already changed three or four softwares by then. We just couldn't find something that worked. Um, so that's when I started thinking about the idea of um, maybe we have to build some add-ons to manage our operations to the PMS that we're using, property management system. And then that basically evolved into the idea of actually having to replace the full system because we couldn't just do it as an add-on. So what, what was it that was missing? Everything from proper booking website for direct bookings that worked across more than one city with a centralized search to managing cleaners using a task-based management system, to tracking maintenance issues, to having, once we went international, we had issues in managing multiple currencies from one system. So our provider was saying, well, we'll set up a separate account for you. I was like, well, I don't want a separate account. I want it all at once. To uh, secure deposits, um, we were collecting, we had to send someone out to meet the person, use a card, chip and pin, um, pre-authorized deposit, the deposit slips getting lost, having to manually refund them, collecting payments was a hassle, chargebacks were an issue. 
Um, basically, anything you can imagine just went wrong. We were just firefighting the whole time. Okay, so you, you, I guess you sort of developed a wish list of all those yeah. things that that were, were going to work for you. Um, yeah, even you know, adding a new property, we would take on a new property. It would take two weeks to get it onto the system because you have to email them a form and then they have to add it on there. And it was just uh, very messy. So, so tell me, when you were out there looking for, because you said you went through three property management systems. I think systems. we went through six or seven. In six or seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so what were you actually when you went out and did the, no doubt you did the demos and you talked to people? What was it that that had you choosing them and then finding out later that they weren't going to meet your needs? Well, the very first one that I chose, I remember being completely confused. I only ended up going on Booking.com because um, we had a dip in bookings from Airbnb, and then um, I was panicking and saying, "How are we going to fill these places up?" So I signed, I pushed and pushed and pushed. It was early days and they weren't really taking many uh, self-catering units. So finally managed to get on there. And then I had to find a way of syncing them up. And I tried searching online and there weren't many systems at the time that actually synced them both up. Um, and I ended up finding a channel manager, but then talking to them, they're telling me, oh, you also need a property management system. And I didn't understand why I, all of a sudden from paying nothing, I had to go to paying for two separate systems. And, you know, why would you need two systems? Why didn't they just have one system? Um, anyway, so we ended up going with Hotel Logics, which is an Indian-based hotel booking system. Um, and they said, oh, we can manage service apartments and we can do this and we can do that. Anyway, we started setting them up. And, uh, yeah, they could do some things, but they couldn't do what they said they could do. Um, and then from there, we were using them with another channel manager. Then the channel manager recommended, well, take a look at this PMS because um, a lot of service apartment providers use them. So then we went over to them. And then um, that channel manager couldn't connect to certain channels and PMS and oh, we've got this other channel manager we connect to, so try them. So then we were, so we were basically zigzag through various combinations of PMSs and channel managers. And some of them, literally, they promised things that they didn't have, or they put you on demos with PowerPoint presentations. And then when you actually ask, where is it? Well, it's coming in six months. It's like, you just told me you have it. Yeah, well, we're working on it. And you know, for the one that we stayed with for the longest time, we waited for two years for some of these features and they never came or they came and they didn't really work the way they should have worked. I think you are telling the story of every property manager. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're talking, you're, you're talking now and I'm nodding. I'm going, yes, yes. <laughs> we, we've been with property management systems that say, yes, we're going to do this for you. And four years down the line, what to me is the simplest little thing has not been resolved and and I just wonder whether it, because it's so challenging to change a system, once you've got all your staff using one system, you're used to it, you're used to, you're used to doing all the little workarounds that make it actually work better than it does. And you make it how it should work. And you've done all that, you've spent all that time on those workarounds. So moving to another one is just so darned difficult. You know, it's, mm. it's like... It's like the entrepreneur who has done absolutely everything from the start of their business and they, and, and they get overwhelmed and you say, well, why don't you take on somebody to do this task while well, I don't have the time to teach them how to do it? And yeah. I know this. Are you probably very familiar with that too? But that to me is, is, is what changing PMS is, is about. So yeah, it's, it's usually sort of pain-driven. <laughs> Um, unless you're starting off new and you've yeah. not got a PMS. And that's why if you go on our website in every feature, we start off 
your pain points. <laughs> this is how we address them. Well, I, th- I think it's really important that, that anybody doing anything in this business has experience of those pain points yeah. because you can't really understand what we're going through unless you've been through it, unless you've been through it yourself. Um, and I think there are a number of property management systems out there where somebody's come along and said, hey, this is a good idea. Let's put this together. But they really have no clue of of what we as as users go through. So I, you know, I've, I've been to your website. I absolutely love it. it. It's very well laid out, but you do, you know, you do promise to a, to a degree it's bells and whistles, lots of bells and whistles. How do you differentiate yourself from the rest? So I think one of the things that also really annoyed me and my colleagues um, using other systems was the attitude that the software providers had. Um, and so for me, you know, yes, a SaaS platform, software as a service, as you'll see talked about everywhere, software and service, you know, two capital S's. And usually the second S just seems to drop off and all you get is a software. And I think that's the one thing that is really key to us. You know, whether we've got bugs, yeah, we might have more bugs than average or we might have had more bugs when we're in beta or whatever. You know, whether our UX or UI are not yet the sparkiest and nicest out there, the one thing that is really important to us is making sure that we are there to try and support our um, partner hosts and the patrons who are ultimately paying the bills on our side um, to help them to succeed in their business. Um, and so it's really that level of one-to-one support. Um, you know, the partner host forums that I host personally every month where anyone who's using Zebo can come and give their feedback. And then also as best as we can, um, trying to act based on the customer requests that we get. And, it's not always easy, <laughs> as you said. We, this part of what we'll be discussing is how, how we prioritize all of that. Yes, um, but having at least you know the attitude of wanting to do it, yes. I think, does differentiate us from a lot of people out there. Yes, there there are a few tech providers out there who are really who really are into this. I and I know you're all over Facebook, all over the groups, jumping in and talking to people and helping them to helping them with those pain points and suggesting that they go to your site to uh, see if there's a solution for them. But the idea of a forum to actually get your users together is a bit, bit like Touchday does with their rock stars, Touchday rock stars group. And, mm. and it works perfectly because anybody with a problem can go onto the group. Other people are going to pile in and say, yes, I've got that problem too. So I guess that helps to prioritize. So let the, you know, let's talk about this whole issue of, prioritization because i know as a user i have this idea oh my god this software could be so much better if you did this and i know it's only going to take you five minutes so do it and then Mm. i get back the yeah well it's not that simple and it might take a couple of months and i'm months i don't (laughs) have months i want this done now so i'm sitting here as one single sole property manager i am the only one in the world so I need it done right now. And of course, you are there as as a founder of a property management system saying, yes, you may be one, but there are hundreds of others with similar desperate situations. So tell me how you prioritize those. You know, ideally, one of the things that we want to develop is a feature request and voting system where we can actually scientifically see what people want. Um, unfortunately, we haven't had the time to work on it yet because there's so many requests that people have all the time. So <laughs> at some point, I hope that we'll get there. Um, 
I mean, one of the things that we've been doing is as we've been going along, we've been really trying to systematize the software development side of things as well, which to me is completely new because I don't come from a software background. So, you know, there's systems and processes that have to be followed on that side to reduce bugs, to increase efficiency, to improve testing, um, bloody, 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 you know, the list goes on as well. So it's a bit of a learning process and still very gut feeling based. Um, although I try to some degree to base it off the number of people who are requesting a specific thing, there's all sorts of complexities around why things might take longer than you'd like them to do. Um, and as you say, often, I'm not a programmer, but last year I was so fed up by the speed at which things were progressing and the awful gray colors that we had all over the screen that I asked the developers to teach me how to change things. And I went and learned a bit of HTML and CSS and I actually changed colors and layouts and basic things, which made, I think, quite a bit of a difference. And in that process, I learned that actually it is just a case of one line on the code, which might take literally two minutes. Yeah. Okay. And there's been, following that experience, there's been various requests where I've said, literally, this takes two minutes. Please go and do it now. And they say, okay. And the next thing I know, it's gone on the list of things to do. I'm like, why didn't you just do it right now? Well, because I was in the middle of doing something else and I'd have to come out of that file and go into this other file and have messed up everything I was doing. Or, you know, so... Yeah, unfortunately, it's not always as straightforward as we'd like it to be. Well, there we are, you see, as property managers and hosts out here thinking that it's it's just you. You're mm. there beavering away, doing all that code, forgetting that between us and the actual end product, you know, or at the, at the end is those developers that are out there working away and maybe have... You know, not only are we saying this is what we want, but you're telling them that this is what you want too. So how do we how do we get around that? Um, you know, how how do we get around the fact that something is perhaps not working for us as a property manager, and and we have to maybe wait months for it to happen? I think there's a number of points. So, firstly, one of the issues that we had was that the fundamental architecture of a lot of the systems that we were using was just flawed, or it wasn't flexible enough, or it had not been thought through enough before being developed. Sometimes it felt like people were just throwing money, venture back money at the problem and trying to come to a solution. And then you get all sorts of fundamental issues that you want them to fix. And those basically are never going to happen, no matter how much you push for them, because the system's just built in a different way. So to give you an example, there are systems that work on single unit um, basis, like an apartment here or a villa here, a villa there. And then you've got hotel systems, which work for all rooms in one location. And one of the issues we had is we couldn't find one that did both. Or in the end, we found one or two, but they had a lot of other stuff that was missing. And I remember doing a demo with a very big provider out there, which I should probably not name. And then sometime later, they got back to me and said, we've developed, we've or actually I heard from someone that they'd started to work on this issue, which I had mentioned to them, they weren't aware of before. Um, although they had lots of people who were large property management companies using their system, they, it sort of hadn't clicked that they needed that. And so what they did is they just grouped those villas into groups. So they said, now we've got a group functionality. Well, that's still not good enough because you need room types or unit types that you've got blocked, and those need to be within property. So it's actually three levels. And then above that, you want to group them by area, by city, by country, and so on and so forth. Um, so there's some things like that, that no, ma no, no matter how much you try to sort of patch things up, <laughs> you can't really patch them. Um, and then there's other requests that come in. And so your question was how we prioritize them, right? Mm. We have tried to now come to a point where we group similar requests together. 
So for example, say we've got automated emails. So right now we've got very customizable triggers with you can add as many conditions as you like. So you can say if the channel is Airbnb and if there's three days left to the booking arrival date and if it's located in X city and bloody. And then you want to fire up Y template. Okay, so someone comes and says, well, I don't want it to be two hours before check-in. I want it to be at 2 p.m. on the day of the check-in, which we don't have or we didn't have this time or whatever. Um, and then someone else comes and says, well, I don't want it to be based off a of booking. I want it to be based off um, you know, two hours before the house you picked up. <laughs> someone else, and it's all related to the same sort of thing. So basically we have to add entities to the, instead of just per booking, we have to have that sort of task length and staff length and holiday length and because we have sort of a basic HR management system or I don't know, CRM links. And so there's all these various trigger requests. And so we've now got a massive long list of trigger related um, queries. And I can't tell you when we'll get to that because we're working on other stuff at the moment. And we've decided to not jump from one thing to the other to the other, but try and find a more complete solution on something when we go in more in depth into it. And then there's the, the issue of how much time do you spend on improving existing features based off requests that users have and bugs is the other thing. How much time do you spend trying to sort bugs or prevent bugs and then actually developing completely new features. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bit of a blurred line as to what's an improvement to an existing feature and what <laughs> constitutes a completely new feature. Um, and we've been trying, you know, with our uh, tech team to decide how much time we spend on, on any one thing. And then we, we go, we work in these biweekly sprints, uh, according to the Scrum methodology and agile development. And then so, so my question is, so how many, um, uh, basically, how much capacity do we have in the sprint? We, we measured and we've tried measuring it in story points. We've tried in um, development days. Uh, ideal days, and they say we get, say, 100. And they say, okay, great. So actually, I want to have some spare capacity in the sprint, so I'm only going to assign 90. Okay, sprint's over, we've barely done 50. <laughs> yeah. So then you get this constant backlog of stuff, or or we've completed the story. I'm like, but it doesn't do what I asked you to, you know, it, it doesn't actually meet the, solve the pain point. Oh, okay, let's put it in the next sprint. And then you have things that go over three or four sprints. So I'm not saying that we've got the best um, development team out there at the moment, but we're trying to work on, you know, and we have come a long way in improving a lot of these issues over time. That, that, that actually gives a lot of insight, which is great. You know, I'm just going to uh, take a pause now because we need to go on over to our sponsor, Beyond Pricing, and hear from their CEO, Julie Brinkman, who is going to uh, answer one of the questions that people are asking about Beyond Pricing. tell me what the story is behind beyond pricing or beyond as as you seem to everybody's calling it just beyond so we'll stick with that you know we got our start in dynamic pricing um, about seven eight years ago so david kelso who is one of the founders with another three folks started managing properties on the west coast of the u.s and realized that one of the most crucial components of managing short-term rentals was determining the right price However, unlike hotels and airlines, the inventory is not uniform. It's not ubiquitous. There are minutiae in the inventory that can affect a price. And they weren't able to find any tools that would help them price their properties. And so they were spending so much time manually adjusting prices. And David, with his engineering background, 
thought, hey, I could actually fix this. We can build an algorithm that will help us determine what local demand is and price accordingly. Fell in love with that as a product, realized it was a massive gap in the industry, decided to leave property management behind and put all of his effort and resources behind developing what is now known as Beyond Pricing. Okay, I'm back with Naeem from Zivu. Okay, I want to talk about direct booking now. You know, we've worked with a number of software providers over the years. And it seems like, you know, at the very outset, I'm going back 20 years. <laughs> um, it was really before... Um, I was born. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It was it was before Airbnb, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, so before Airbnb, before really HomeAway sort of kicked off, everybody was doing direct booking then. It was easy. Our very first software provider was focused on, you know, everything going through our website. And then as we go through the last 15 years or so, as these platforms have come on board, the uh, PMS the software has moved towards being heavily weighted towards managing platforms, you know, managing what you do on those big platforms. It feels like we are now beginning, I'm not saying I would love it to be tipping heavily in the book direct direction, which is not quite yet, but we are beginning to trend a little bit across hosts and more maybe small managers than large managers towards a more of a direct booking model. And some of these software providers are not able to do that. They're not really into that. So, but this is something that, uh, that you do focus on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of the, um, actually the, our tagline is a direct booking revolution. And um, while we think that bookings as guest booking with hosts, for us, it's a much wider idea that we want to develop in the future so the idea is that it'll be a marketplace where anyone can book with anyone pretty much um, not quite but so the idea is that you know as an owner you can list your property and the property management company can uh, create a link with you and then the property management company can you know find cleaners or um, maintenance um, companies and so on all through one platform um, so the idea is to increase the efficiency uh, in communication between all these moving parts but right now yes we're focused on the guest and host scenario so um, we're very much focused on creating a um, and c continually improving um, the SEO friendliness of our booking um, engine you know we've built an integration with the WordPress plugin we're working on um, adding features and functionalities to that. We've got an iframe that you can use to link to any third-party site. But more importantly, we actually allow you to create a fully functioning website, not just a booking engine, and run that through Zebu. And that includes the ability to add custom pages as well as run a blog. Mm -hmm. As we know, content is very important in building up rankings. Um, and we've added all sorts of other goodies, um, like the ability to specify uh, keywords, open graph um, tags for social media sharing, structured data for Google to pick up on, on the local businesses side, on the reviews, on the pricing. Um, 
We've integrated with Google Tag Manager, with Google Search Console. We're about to release integration with um, Google Hotel Ads for the free um, booking links that have just come out. And we've also set up our very own uh, centralized booking platform, Zibu Direct, which allows um, anyone who is on Zibu, whether as a patron or as an evangelist on the free plan, um, to be able to list their properties through one central place and get bookings and make use of a large portion of the functionality that we've developed um, for Zibu as a platform as a whole. But, uh you know, so as a property management company, as you know, we are 100% direct booking. Mm. We don't utilize it. I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, but it's, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, you, it, it takes time. It's taken us a lot of time to work towards this point. And, and it's not to say that we won't go back and with the big platforms again. You know, you do, you do what you can and work with what you have. And I mean, for me, my, my motto is just whatever works. At, at the moment, direct booking works. It was just interesting hearing uh, Chesky on a, uh, it was the New York Times podcast, uh, Sway. I don't know if you've come across that, but uh, he was asked about the hashtag book direct. Just like, I know Damien Sheridan was going, yes, yes, <laughs> we've, we've made it to, um, I mean, he's been in the New York Times anyway recently, but actually made it to this, this podcast. And the question posted, you know, posited to Brian Chesky. And he said he wasn't that worried about it. And in his words, he said, most Airbnb hosts are not trying to build their own brand or business. And Damien, in fact, said, where are we? As much as Airbnb might publicly dismiss any opposition, I think they will be fully aware and concerned about the growing movement of discerning property managers who can embrace the amazing technology available to them. So, uh, I mean, I'm probably preempt what, what your, your answer to the question. My question is, which one of those statements, Chesky's or Sheridan's, do you go for? <laughs> You know, if you'd asked me exactly a year ago, I might have had more challenging time at answering the question. Given the way that hosts were treated throughout the pandemic, I don't think uh, it's difficult to choose at this point in time. Yes. Especially if we're talking about a trend. Yeah. There's a clear trend, even if it's not reached worrying levels yet. And, And certainly from a property manager perspective, we've been trying to approach Airbnb to say, you know, if we do want to list in our, our, our off-season, how can you help us? And they're really not particularly interested. And I've, mm. I've heard this from other property managers that they, they do seem to be focusing on these hosts and with their host ambassadors, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I think over the last year, we've also seen a, a shift in Airbnb strategy and moving away from property management company and going back to the home-sharing economy um, idea. Which, uh, which I think is fine, and it just helps reduce the stock on Airbnb's website. Yes, yeah. I mean, it certainly works for me. I mean, we're, we're taking on new properties all the time, and a, a, a lot of these that are coming to us are, are owners that have been advertising themselves on Airbnb and now deciding mm. that you know, it. It, it's not working for them. And you, you mentioned their, their strategy, if you'd like to call it that, um, around March and April of last year, which, which had such, uh, a, a, such an impact on them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the future will be a mix of what's not really direct and what's not really a platform, which is Google. And given the power that they already have as a search engine, you know, in the traffic that they're directing to various websites, I have a strong feeling that we'll be seeing a lot of uh, traffic um, bookings flowing through Google Hotel 
um, which is starting to uh, include vacation rentals as well. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something to look at. Before we wrap up, um, I just want to go back to your bio that's on your website, and it said that you've made it your life's mission to advance civilization and kickstart things if they seem a little slow. So we're advancing civilization through property management software. Is there anything else that you're helping to uh, to kick things into gear? Um, well, I I don't think it's uh, my life mission to change to advance civilization my own, but definitely to contribute to a process of um, advancing civilization alongside uh, many thousands and millions of other people around the planet. Um, so I'm, I'm a Baha'i personally. Um, it's a religion which started in Iran in the mid-19th century and whose main purpose is world unity. Um, and so we believe that to get to unity, we need to have peace in the world. And to get to peace, we need to get rid of injustices. And to get rid of injustices, we need education on all levels. Um, so not just, um, as we might call it, material education as we you know go to school. Um, where social education, we also need moral education, we need spiritual education, we need a well-rounded education for every child on this planet. Um, so unfortunately, over the last year with the pandemic, it's been slightly difficult, but uh, essentially Baha'is and other um, collaborators around the world are very much focused in the process of uh, community building in the neighborhoods that they live in. So this includes classes for the moral and spiritual education of children and junior youth, um, which also involve acts of service to the local community. Um, and then similar programs to elevate the devotional character of entire neighborhoods for adults and um, studying and consulting on various um, topics that are relevant to both our spiritual and material progress. Um, so, I mean, very small example over the weekend, I was outside in our road and I was cleaning up um, the uh, fallen leaves and rubbish and weeds that were growing <laughs> outside the houses of our neighbors. And some of the neighbors were coming by and looking a bit funny, you know, thinking this is not your house and then saying, oh, this is actually quite cool. Well, then we're glad to have you in our neighborhood. <laughs> well, that, that, that's great. And actually you've, um, you've educated me because for years I've, I've, I've gone past places and I've seen little signs that said Baha'i and I had no idea what it was. And now I do. So I, I, I did a little bit of research and looked it up. So I'm now a little bit more educated on the, the Baha'is. So thank you for that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you more, Naeem. Thank you for your time and having me on. <laughs> well, we see people all over the internet, you know, posting and posting. And you th- and it was all, it's always, you know, you, you, you see the written word. It's like an email. An email's never as good as a phone call. So this has Depends been... Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You're, you're, you're very... That, that, that's, that's very true, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I know there's times when... When there's a guest that uh, I do not want to phone, I'm, I'm just going to send them a quick email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, so it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and I'm sure. La- last question, really: Will we get to? Yeah. Will I get to see you at a uh, a conference at some time in the future? Have you been across to the uh, to to the US for conferences in the past? Um, no, because we launched on um, I think it was the 19th or 20th of March last year, and that was the middle of the pandemic erupting. So we didn't really make it across the pond. But uh, we've just been shortlisted for two more awards. So if anyone has the time and inclination over the next few days, if you head over to Shorty's Awards, questions 18 and 19, Best Channel Manager and Property Management System, we'd really appreciate the votes. And uh, maybe that'll help us grow more and come over to, this, to the US and Canada um, as soon as uh, 
travel permits. Well, I will make sure that I put a link to the Shorties Awards at the end of the Thank show you. notes um, so that uh, anybody who's listening who wants to go vote for Naeem and Zivu can do so. So thanks so much for, for joining me, Naeem. Always a pleasure. And I'll look forward to talking, you again, talking to you again at some point in the future. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Naeem Anis Payman, for a great conversation. I'm not sure the bit about I wasn't born then was, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure that I liked that bit, but it is very true. It is very true. He did say he uh, he started developing this when he was still at university in Cambridge. So, uh, so yes, I love to see people that are up and coming in this industry because they're going to be the ones in, in 20 years' time that will be turning around and helping the next group of people come up. So, you know, super. Thank you, thank you, Naeem, for that great conversation. Just after we finished, he said, oh, I said I meant to say that Zivu integrate with Beyond Pricing. So as Beyond is, is now our sponsor, uh, if you're going to look at Beyond, Beyond Pricing, uh, and you're going to look at Zivu, then they will integrate if you want to work on dynamic pricing uh, within your business, which I hope you will. So I, I really loved that perspective from the developer point of view, because when I, although Naeem said to me, he said, I, well, I'm not the developer. He said, you know, that, that's that group of people who, who work in the background, beavering away at all this data. And he said, I'm just the one that takes in all the suggestions and tries to sift through them and make sure that the most impactful are the ones that get into the software. And of course, managing those property managers and hosts who have this great suggestion, like I often have, and letting them down very, very gently that maybe that innovative and creative idea would be great for one person or one little business but it really needs to be useful for everybody to be to be useful right across the board. So I, I enjoyed learning more about that side of the business because we don't hear it very often. We don't get to talk to the people that are building this software and hearing their point of view. So thank you. Thank you. That was great. So I, I do find it fascinating talking to the, the, the upcoming innovators in this industry because they have such amazing ideas and have ju just a different way of looking at things while still recognizing that much of this business is rooted in tradition. And, you know, you look at some of the very traditional destination markets, which still work according to principles that were laid down 30 years ago of how people like to enjoy their vacation. And they still do in that way. So these, these innovators have to bring in their new ideas while still recognizing that there, there are others in this industry who are at the other end and still requiring help. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. It definitely made sense in my head. We shall see. You could always come back to me, send me an email at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and, and just say, I have no clue what you were talking about. Because sometimes I say things and I have no clue what I'm talking about either. 
So on that note, it's probably a good time to wrap this up and head on out of here and get going on a nice spring walk. That will be absolutely terrific. I hope you're all having a wonderful day and enjoyed listening to this and I'll see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond Pricing. For more information and to connect with the Beyond Pricing team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond hyphen pricing, or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.